I really think that's kind of what the the comic book superhero genre is all about is taking the best aspects of humanity and putting a uh, a flashy power on it to 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 really represent what we should all do what we should all aspire to in ourselves Okay, folks, welcome to another episode of Brian Talks to Humans, a people's podcast about everyday people. Got another Corona cast for you today. Uh, This time I talked to a friend of mine named Paul. Paul was in my classes when I was a student teacher back in 2001-2002. And I've gotten to know him and his brothers a little bit over the years. Like the other Corona casts, we, you know, talk about what life is like in this crisis. But we also address his project of a superhero dice rolling role play game it's called union city heroes you can go to unioncityheroes.com to check it out and they're going to have a video podcast discussing some of the stuff about the the game on there soon and what's really cool about union city heroes is it kind of has a a social justice angle to it i had a long conversation about it with him a while back and we touch on it in this interview And I really think you should check it out. Go to UnionCityHeroes.com. And we end with a few rounds of One Gotta Go. Okay, here's my conversation with Paul. I hope you enjoy. Well, we're doing okay. I mean, we're diligently self-quarantining, but we're we're rolling with it. We we do all our um, D&D and Union City Hero sessions uh, online. We transition to Google Hangouts and to Roll20. But... um, you know, we've got to be a little more vigilant because my amazing girlfriend, Amanda, and I, uh, we take care of her mother, who's in her mm-hmm. 80s and has Alzheimer's. And so she's obviously particularly vulnerable. So we have to be extra cautious. And uh, we have her aunt, who's unfortunately in very rough shape as well and has to have nurses in and out of her house. She lives across the street from us. So we're unfortunately in a little bit of a a personal hot zone but Mm. um we're doing our best to not be in the same house to wash our hands not touch our face you know all all that good stuff but it of course it's um it's trying for everybody and we're just doing our best to take care of the people we need to right now ourselves included yeah yeah i um i've been mentioning it to people when when we when we chat my mother is uh, like 76 and has some underlying health conditions. My father kind of does too. So I can't really be around people if I'm going to ever go around them and visit them occasionally. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've had to be, you know, pretty careful and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So how has, in general, besides taking care of folks and staying inside and, uh, you know, diligently washing up and that sort of thing, how has life changed in the last 10 or so days for you? Well, the most dramatic shift um, is probably uh, Amanda working from home, which is we're so thankful that she's able to because um, she her office is in the heart of downtown Manhattan. Um, yeah. She was taking the train every day and, you know, it was just a, a recipe of, uh, uh, for disaster. And frankly, uh, I, I wish we had been 
more cognizant and prepared earlier for, for her to, 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 to do that and to um, step away from a much more potentially hazardous uh, situation where she's just in contact with so many people uh, on that commute and, and walking through the city. But her being home is both wonderful and also, you know, of course, we're driving each other up the walls a little bit because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a situation of uh, I'm so happy I'm trapped with you, but I'm also trapped with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm I guess, lucky in that regard that it's just me and the dogs and like, you know, they're the only ones that are pissing me off. Yeah, yeah, the, the cats are a godsend, but... Um, Every time they puke now, and we're like, there are only so many paper towels, girls. So, yeah, what are we doing here? <laughs> For sure, they're they're in short supply. Uh, have yeah. you uh, been able to stock up? You feel okay as far as that sort of stuff goes? Food wise, we we kind of looked at our our stock um, when this started and said. You know, in all honesty, we could be locked in this house for probably a month or two and be okay. It wouldn't necessarily be interesting, but you know, we're we're pretty prepared. We we Amanda's done some canning and some pickling, and we have a freezer that we bought. You know, frozen vegetables that we had. You know, leftovers that we froze and and put away. That you know, right now we feel really <laughs> good about. You know, we have hopefully enough paper products but we were using cloth napkins and stuff which i feel like is a positive change overall like i i feel like shame on us for not doing stuff like that earlier and i think this is gonna be a good way for us to look at some of the things that were disposable in our life that don't don't need to be that we, we can have a, a much more sustainable solution to I, I agree. I've been talking with people about things that are going on now that seem temporary that maybe we can shift to making them more permanent when this is all over. You know, Of course, we obviously everybody's under a lot of stress right now, and um, we should be <clears throat> because that's going to keep us safe, right? But mm -hmm. So we look for, for, for silver linings in all these things, mm -hmm. and um, there are really some beautiful silver linings. Like the, the canals of Venice is like poetry, right? Mm. Um, and, and I think we can all be more conscientious and say, like, look, with, with just a little bit of effort, with just a little bit of restraint, things can be much better. Like maybe we don't have to live the excess that we had been living. Like mm. this could, you know, being forced to put the brakes on it might give us a chance to look, look, look at what things look like when we're going a little bit slower. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm also encouraged that, I mean, it's going to take a fight, but you know, some of these moratoriums on evictions and foreclosures and low level arrests and letting, you know, um, people with low level offenses out of jails and things like that. Like, you know, let's not put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? Like let, if, if we can hopefully do it now, can. we can do it later. Yeah. You know, and uh. hopefully there are, and I'm sure there are lawyers and legal scholars right now who are sitting at home who aren't able to do stuff, like so many of us, right? And who hopefully, I think there are at least some out there who are looking at these kind of moratoriums, the, the, looking at, you know, sending checks to every American like uh, uh, certain Democratic uh, candidates that have, have been pitching and saying, you know, if this is okay now, if we can do this, if this is a, a beneficial thing, there's no reason we can't go to the court and sue to make this the status mm. quo, right? Yeah, right on. To really force it uh, uh, through and are looking at precedents and, and 
in their ample, hopefully, free time right now uh, as they sit there and see these changes go into place are thinking of ways to make that permanent. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that sort of thing. I'm semi-involved in, in sort of a couple political things that are kind of connected to, you know, China's trying to do that, trying to, trying to make the world better after this is all over, whoever, however long that's going to be, you know, depends on who you ask. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Right. According to, to some people in, in, in high places of power, uh, next week we can stop this. (laughs) But, you know, I think anybody with a medical degree, it's like, no, it's going to be a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the longer we do it, the more diligently we do it now, the the the, the more of an effect it'll have, the shorter it'll be. So mm-hmm. yeah. I think everybody just needs to get into it right now. And we can summon the, uh, you know, one of the things we really idolize about the greatest generation is the, the mobilization in the moment of um, need. And I think we all have um, that memory from after 9-11. And like, of course, it, you know. Things go off the rails all the time, but right now, I think we can hopefully get that national unity. Unfortunately, I don't think there's a person in in uh, a higher enough office who has a national presence who can unify. Yeah, and I and I think and I think there's there's a lot of people who don't see this as something as big as you know mobilizing for a war or. Um, 9-11, right? I mean, you've got right-wingers thinking it's a hoax and a conspiracy. You know, you've got spring breakers in Florida just doing their thing. I see people in New Orleans and on California beaches, you know, doing mass gatherings. You see um, mega churches having, like, services with a thousand people. (laughs) Um, And it's it's just like, are are you serious? You're going to kill us. Well, you know, they're praying, so I'm sure they'll be fine. But Here's the uh, tragic thing about a virus. If everybody with a medical degree and the mathematicians who study the way viruses spread, because that's not medicine so much as physics, right? And statistics, um, like immutable (laughs) mathematical laws, which is why, you know, Trump's spin does nothing against this because unfortunately people are going to keep dying. And like, you can't ignore the numbers. If they get bigger every day, there can be no new normal because every day you'll be calibrating exponentially more people. Eventually, if we don't take it seriously now, people will see it as uh, the same scale as World War II because we'll start passing the number of deaths. Mm. We don't have a choice. Yeah. We either get on board now and hopefully afterwards, you know, Rush Limbaugh can go like, I told you so, this wasn't that bad. And like, okay, <laughs> we can take our lumps then. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather overreact than underreact. Right. Uh, I don't want to be the guy who self-quarantined like in the in the 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 road ap- post-apocalyptic scenario going, "Told you." Except I want to be the communist saying, "Told you capitalism couldn't survive something like this." <laughs> I know, right? The um I, I had a looked at somebody on social media posting a picture of like a I guess it was a toilet paper factory you know, rows and rows and rows of toilet paper. And they're like, ah, oh, look at that. Look at that capitalism go. And I was like, yeah, but how many hundreds of pictures have you seen this week from everybody in stores where there's no, none of this? Like, I, I don't care that somebody is making it. If people can't get it, like, 
that you 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 see the flaw in the system right there. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing a couple of things that some folks are are saying that the National Guard is going to have to get called in to like help uh, the shipping and infrastructure and necessities and services, and that um, because of a lot of risks and other things, like to ship something on trucks now is like hella expensive compared to what it used to be before. Which is not good news for getting things where they need to be to people who need them. Right, no. Uh, again, which is crazy because like 10 days ago, there was that much, I mean, they, they did that much uh, uh, within hours. It's just um, right now in a crisis when, when things aren't uh, acting at full capacity. And that's kind of what the president said, although he realized the, the, the power of the statement in that, like, America's not built to do this. Like, the, the bourgeoisie cannot sustain this. Like, mm-hmm. people will demand their billions soon, and I don't know how to fix that if you guys all don't go out and start buying, regardless of whether you die or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty grim choice we're faced with, right? Well, uh, I choose to stay inside and let him deal with it. Like, sorry, man, this is reality. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah. if you tell me to go outside. I'm staying here. You will deal with the rep. I mean, we all will deal yeah. with the repercussions, but. I'm lucky in that I can work from home and I'm still getting paid and, and that sort of thing. You know, but I'm, I'm thinking of people who are, who, are, who are faced with that choice. Like, go to my wage job so that I eat, but then I might die. Like, it's a hell of a bind that we've put wage workers in under this system. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. But, you know, again, this this might be a, a moment to capitalize on basic universal income, universal health care. Sure. I mean, this might be an issue that regardless of who comes out on top in the Democratic primary, uh, both of them have, have some feather in their cap to stick uh, about health care, whether they have earned it or not. And... Being the pro healthcare person versus the guy who said this is not a pandemic. Yeah, there, there's no, you know, events like this make or break presidencies. And of course, if we even have an election in tw- in yeah. November. Yep. You know. uh, I mean, Pennsylvania already canceled their primaries, so who the fuck knows now, right? You know. Yep. There's this. Uh, again, I'm a gaming designer, and I look at things uh, uh, through games. So I recently. I, Last week I played the game Pandemic again, which is a great game, but was topical. Sure. But there's this game called Chrononauts, where you uh, manipulate the timeline. And the way they play it out is you have a deck of, like, 50 cards, and each one is an event on a year. And you lay them out in order, and as it, you go back and flip one, that has a ripple effect on certain other cards, right? So it's like Archduke Ferdinand getting assassinated, or you can save him, right? There are these ripple inflection points, and... Um, the more important the event, the more cards down the line that they change. And I was commenting to another game designer, like, this is a card in Chrononauts that is going to change so many things. Mm, like, yeah. when you, when we cure, like, this is an inflection point that, that uh, uh, people in history will be talking about. Like, what if they had stopped it before, mm-hmm. you know, there was no more Europe? Or what if it had been so bad that xyz yeah so. i i i agree i i i think it's easy for folks and i'm not necessarily blaming them it's, it's just it's a tendency to sort of when you're in the weeds in real time not really think about 
the significance of the moment, right? Especially if you're just trying to make ends meet, feed your family, take care of an older relative, that sort of thing. But, you know, folks who think in, you know, broad strokes, you know, like as me as a history teacher or, or something like that. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 constantly thinking about the how is this gonna be taught, you know, twenty, fifty years yeah. from now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how how big a portion of the curriculum is this gonna be? And like how 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 much of an impact, you know, is this a a week's worth or is this a, a footnote in yeah. one lecture? I was joking with somebody the other day that if it make if it would have made it into a new version of We Didn't Start the Fire, then yeah. it'll probably be taught in schools. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned games. Uh, before we get an update on where things are, why don't you tell folks about your your Union City Heroes project or anything else that you're working on? Uh, absolutely. So Union City Heroes is kind of my superhero world, my unique setting with characters, villains, and this this setting, a, a modern superhero city setting uh, with a lot of possibilities for adventure, but one that aims kind of focusing on what how superheroes interact with everyday average people and the, the people of the city at large, and also on uh, the justice that they fight for. Because when you play a character rather than just read them, when you act it out, you really have to decide what it is that your character stands for, what they care about, um, and how they uh, deal with certain threats, certain antagonists. And it's also a setting that allows the ills of society, the kind of flaws of mankind and of, of the way uh, these larger systemic threats get uh, boiled down into an over-the-top villain archetype that's easy to uh, identify, you know, when when you're dealing with a movement of, uh, say, white supremacist nationalists, you know, you can see instances like uh, uh, Charleston and these protests at Confederate war memorials, but it's almost cathartic to have, you know, uh, a great white great white shark supremacist to 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 bop on the nose. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're doing. Our first game is out. It's a role-playing game. So you build a character, you play them. It's kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons type dice rolling game. It's a lot of fun. You know, while we're interested in talking about uh, uh, justice in all its forms, we're also really interested in having fun and telling super comic book stories. So uh, that's out. It's it's a, just a digital first edition. There's going to be a second edition that uh, will be in print uh, later this year, and we've got other games uh, in development using this these characters and this setting. So, so um, uh, why don't you tell folks about a few of the characters and how they hook into this idea of like sort of, for lack of a better phrase, the social justice element of of what it is that you're doing. Sure. Yeah, I it's something that I found striking is the when certain segments of, of the fan population for comic books to decry superheroes as social justice warriors when like, hey, man, well, that's what they've been from the beginning. Like, what are you reading? That's what that's what people, superheroes put on a cape and go out and fight for the little guy that the system can't protect or, or they're victimized by the system. You know, every superhero, uh, uh, except for maybe like the Punisher, is a social justice warrior. And to say that 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 makes it not a comic book or makes it preachy, but like I don't know what you've been reading all this time. Mm. And so I think that's inherent and it's there. And you know I don't think the character necessarily needs to be over the top about it or that needs to be the central aspect of their character. 
but it's say that a character who is concerned about the welfare of, of people who who uh, otherwise don't get protection uh, makes them a, a snowflake or a social justice warrior is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of our big heroes, um, our kind of Superman archetype is uh, Mr. Power. And he's uh, a union member, a proud union member. And he, you know, stood between soldiers and uh, protesters back during the Vietnam War. He eventually took off his mask and crusaded against uh, tearing down neighborhoods for over urban development. And overall, uh, uh, while he is, you know, he still fights Nazis uh, and is uh, a you know world-saving superhero, but he's also a character who really emphasizes compassion. And whereas uh, Superman has uh, super you know X-ray vision uh, and and distancing and super hearing, Mister Power has power feeling, which is kind of an ultra compassion. And and so when there is is great distress or unrest, like he he feels it he can feel people's fear and their pain and their anger and he reacts to it and of course that's what so many superheroes do i, I think that in their greatest moments that's what what really makes so many of them uh is that compassion and i really think that's kind of what the the comic book superhero genre is all about is taking the best aspects of humanity and putting a uh, a flashy power on it to 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 really represent what we should all do, what we should all aspire to in ourselves. Mm. Right on. And so maybe what's an example of a of a villain that you have in in the story? Well, there are uh, certainly uh, corporate villains like uh, Mr. Power's big nemesis is Garth Ghoul, who uh, runs a telecommunications empire, and <laughs> um, you know it. <laughs> does things like exploit federal grants and uh, embezzle money, but you know it's uh, he kind of represents the uh, the corporate empire as, as as villain, which again has been done in comics. He's following in a, in a line here. I'm I'm not well. I like to think that my characters are uh, innovative and fun. They're also references to archetypes that we all recognize from comic books, like. You know, Lex Luthor and Doctor Doom all all fit into the same archetype villain, and and again, like this is back in the eighties, we we know that you know the the corporate CEO is is the bad guy in the story. This is nothing. Uh, I I don't think I'm the one leading the revolution here, and and the people who object to this, yeah, I don't know where they're coming from. So so let's talk about some of the the reception of this. I know. There was some, uh, a little while back you had reached a, a fundraising goal and things are moving forward well. It, it seems well received mostly. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know the gaming community. Uh, I find overall, at least the tabletop live uh, action role playing community, or not live action, but um, tabletop pencil and paper, tend to be a very inclusive, accepting, enthusiastic bunch. And yeah, overall, nothing, nothing but uh, positive reviews and uh, a lot of people looking forward to, to more, which we're, which we've got coming. So, so, so what's um, coming down the, the pike? What else do you have? You said you have a few other uh, scenarios, games in, in development. We do. Um, well, we've got um, a starter adventure for Union City Heroes, our role-playing game. So this is kind of uh, to walk players through both what a tabletop role-playing game uh, is all about, but also how to use our system and to kind of introduce you to the world of Union City Heroes. And you can either 
again, make, make your own hero or use one of our pre-made Union City hero icons, characters that have their own bios within the world of Union City. And this adventure is against the Tyranna Don of the Dino Mafia and mm-hmm. his, uh, his, his dino, dino mobsters. And so, yeah, you'll be you'll be fighting the likes of uh, Luca Braccio and Big Pauly T-Rex and uh, <laughs> Allosaurus. So, yeah, uh, a really fun mix of just like over the top, straight up comic book action and a great way to, to get into the world of Union City. And then beyond that, we're working on developing a card game for Union City heroes. I'm not going to say much more than that, but it's coming uh, maybe even as soon as 2020. Depends how productive we are under uh, quarantine. Yeah, yeah. But, um, it's it it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to open up an even broader base because it's going to be a lot more like a board card game, which again is a lot. It's it's going to be more like an hour long game. You sit down, you play it, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, using all the the characters and the setting that um, that you love from uh, Union City. Right on. And you said, so the one uh, that's the, the starter one the, that's uh, out now is, uh, you said, is digital? Um, yeah, the uh, our core rule book is the digital first edition that's available both on our website, unioncityheroes.com, or it's on DriveThruRPG. Uh, a lot of people uh, get their stuff there, so you can search Union City Heroes there. It's only uh, $9.99, over 200 pages, a ton of awesome art. Everything you need to make your make your own character, some reference on the city, some villains, and this will be expanded on later in the year for an even larger uh, print edition, which will also have a, a, a digital version. Oh, right on! Awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, back before taking care of other folks and of yourself. What are you doing for self care, mental health, etc. In the first few days of this situation? Well, we're in a a pretty good place you know i am i'm starting my own uh well union city is union city heroes is starting a uh a video podcast where we're going to tell uh stories of our characters and uh talk about some of the pop culture that influences them so we started out on that and that's been kind of fun to figure out how to do and to play around with and try to get a a couple episodes going and in the can so that's been uh, kind of a, a fun distraction, but it's also work. So Amanda and I have been doing kind of a movie nights, you know, uh, breaking out the popcorn, setting out time to turn the lights off, put the phones away and just mm-hmm. uh, decompress. We've been doing a lot of walking, taking walks in the evening, you know, obviously <laughs> keeping our distance because it's uh, I see a lot of people walking, a lot of people at the park. And I think overall, most people are you know, keeping six feet away from each other and, um, and being good. Uh, but I don't know. It's, it's rough right now because I also have, my grandmother just had a, um, on like Sunday, she had an edema. She had to go to the hospital mm-hmm. and it was kind of a fiasco because none of us could be there, but, you know, trying to coordinate this remotely. And then eventually some people went and saw her and there was a lot of division amongst the rest of the family about whether, that was a, a good idea or a bad idea. And mm-hmm. everybody is of course approaching this from a place of love and care, but sure. we have very different opinions, what to do in this crisis situation within a crisis situation. Mm. And unfortunately that has been really incredibly stressful. I was on a much more even keel until Sunday night when suddenly it was, you know, wait a minute, 
don't go to the home. Don't go to the hospital. Are you crazy? Yes, I will. And like, I, people who are right on both sides uh, uh, of this issue of we need to go to Omi. She needs, you know, they said it's okay if we bring her her medication and her phone charger versus the people who are like, no, you can't go to hospital for her sake, for your sake, for everybody's don't. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, and like, uh, we, we can't, you know, get together and uh, uh, have dinner and drinks and hug it out uh, at the end of the day. And, you know, it's uh, family dramas are not that easy to unravel even amongst us. And we're an incredibly close-knit group of, of brothers there's there's five of us as yeah. you know mm-hmm. and we are like a literal fraternity we are mm-hmm. all very close and um so when there is disagreement especially about such important things you know it's the sort of situation where uh, uh, on any given day we would have been there for her uh, immediately you know i wouldn't be surprised sure. if somebody was there before she was in the ambulance but <laughs> Right now, it's just creating another huge uh, kind of weight that's adding uh, onto onto the already stressful situation. For sure. Um, so that's again, everybody has their challenges right now, and I, I really thank my lucky stars that Amanda's able to work from home, that I'm able to still work. I, you know, I was already here that we're able to take care of of Doris, her her mother, and 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 be there for her aunt, but. Yeah, it, it it all comes with its with with its own costs. For sure. Yeah. Uh, are you doing any video calls like the five brothers uh, checking in with each other and that sort of thing, or too hard to coordinate? No, no. We should. You know, we've been we've we've all been talking, and the thing is, we um three, uh, four four fifths of us uh, did get together twice for um video calls, but there were Dungeons and Dragons games with other oh. people as well. Okay. Uh huh. So. We we went pretty seamlessly gaming wise, but you know, frankly, I'm I'm embarrassed to say that until you said it right now, uh, it hadn't occurred to me to talk face to face like that with them because it's not something we've ever done before. But hey, uh, it's, it's the new it's normal. A good idea. It's, I know, I know, and yeah. uh, like like with everything, it takes us a while to adjust. You know, for sure. Um, yeah. Last Monday, uh, I had my brother Mark over, and I really I debated about it, but I thought like ah. You know what? It's just him, and it's fine. And you know, kind of as soon as he, like, as soon as he came over, I was like, mm, "This is a bad. There wasn't this. This wasn't necessary." And you know, kind of kicked myself and learned from it. But I think we're all learning and adapting to this this very sudden change that none of us, nobody could have predicted. I mean, we could have. You know, there's a, a bully pulpit that exists in this country that could have said something in January when they got briefed, but. Mm. What are you gonna do? This is this is the reality we're we're in. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, I really do appreciate you doing this. We're gonna end on a light note, okay? Yeah, yeah. Let's do All it. right, we're gonna play a game called One Gotta Go. Okay. I'm gonna give I'm you four, four things. You gotta get rid of one of them. Okay. All right. Simpsons, South Park, Family Guy, Rick and Morty. Oh, for me that's easy. That's Family Guy. I love the first season of Family Guy, and I'm. Uh, I'm pretty enamored with like the second and a half, and after that, I was like, "Oh no, not nope, I'm done." Now maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they got better. Maybe it's just uh, my change in personality or whatever. But like what the made others you make are, the turn? I think it was uh, uh, maybe in season three or four where, and I don't know, maybe it was just that season, but it really just seemed like an endless string of cutaway jokes with no narrative through line. 
Mm. And around that time, so I didn't, it, it was around the time, remember, they, they had gotten canceled briefly and then came back and they came back strong and then kind of like got a hiccup again. I think the writing crew changed. But around the same time, I had gone back and rewatched some of the real Treasure Trove episodes of like season six and seven Simpsons. And mm-hmm. like those were so much funnier and had so many heartfelt moments. And I was like, oh, I don't love any of these guys. And, you know, uh, there's there's so much so much good TV out there that I cut South, I cut um, Family Guy and I haven't looked back. Right on. The world of potatoes. French fries, sweet potato fries, waffle fries, or tater tots? Oh, um, I'd probably lose sweet potato fries. I, um, I like sweet potato fries, but I really have to be in the mood, so I, I'd rather not. The other ones, I think, would, I would definitely keep over, over the sweet potato fries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I only had to keep one, it would be tots. Right on. Okay. That, that is probably not the most popular answer. Uh, what's your relationship with Tots? Uh, I don't know. It's probably too friendly. If you, <laughs> yes, I don't know. They're just crispy. They're wonderful. They're like the, the, the things I love about French fries, but more so. And with right French on. fries, you never know what you're going to get. If you order French fries, you can get like really thin, crispy ones, super salty, the big fat steak fries. They can be mushy. They could be, you know... It's mm. a real crapshoot, and maybe it's kind of a measure of what the restaurant is, whether they have good fries, bad fries, etc. But um, I feel like with tater tots, like you're, you know what you're getting, and it's awesome. Okay, here's one that we may have to choose soon. Okay. Uh, electricity, running water, grocery stores, or roads? Oh, man. Okay, so I would... I guess I'd go with grocery stores. I don't know. I, I have this impact from um, reading uh, Robert Caro's very excellent biographies of Lyndon Johnson, which I probably can't go through a conversation without mentioning. <laughs> um, some of some of Caro's work, at least. But his uh, description of the Texas Hill Country before electrification and running water and like how backbreaking and brutal and laborious was. And on a day-by-day basis, basis and just thinking of what we just there was a, a a pipe broke a main broke like two weeks ago and we had no no water for like four hours and frankly that felt almost as bad as this quarantine up to this point mm, mm. so running water like i couldn't especially with that so fresh in my mind i mean i was at a grocery store i guess you know it, it maybe grow was, your own food yeah, yeah, and we're already we're, we already had plans to start a vegetable garden in the new house, and so like this is of course we're we're definitely on board with that. They're green, you know. I guess I could go to farm stands. That's not a problem. We used to do a, a farm share. We could easily go back to that, right? And frankly, if meat weren't so easily accessible, I would not eat. I already am down to like maybe one or two meat a week, if that. But if meat weren't easy to get, I'd be done with it entirely. Mm. Okay. This one might be for the world afterwards. Okay. Yep. Free housing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Free transportation. Mm-hmm. Free food. Free healthcare. I mean, free healthcare. I mean, uh, 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 free housing was absolutely very appealing until until you said free healthcare. Because, like, looking at my grandmother and 
Amanda's mom and her aunt and the world at large right now. Like, health is the underlying. If that's no good, I, I don't. I don't even care about the economy if you don't have your health. You know. Okay, so which one are you getting rid of? Oh, which one am I getting rid of? Right. Um, yeah. Oh, right. Well, I, I, yeah, that was a. We have none of those things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Housing, okay. transportation, food, healthcare. Just transportation. Okay. I think that's yeah. That's probably where I would go with that one. I think the other three are very base level human rights, and like I understand people need for like I want all subways to be free and that sort of thing. You know, and people need to get to work, and our transportation system is shit. But I kind of feel like if I had to pay for one of those, it would be that one. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, and I could totally pay for that if I didn't need to pay for my housing and food. And uh, yeah, of course, that's an easy uh, ask. You know, yeah, that's cool. We agree. Right on. Okay, last one. I picked out this one especially for you. Okay, good. Captain America, Batman, Superman, Iron Man. Oh, sorry, Iron Man. You know, I was a fan of Iron Man before the movies. I'm more of a fan of him afterwards because, boy, that was a, you know, just it's like the Batman animated series where um, it was a, a new piece of media that came in and it forever changed the face of the character for the better. It, it helped redefine something that was already there, but it captured it in such an amazing way that he's a better character now. However, the other three are in an echelon above him and mm -hmm. it's one that i think even with the movies he's not at i mean I, the fact that stan lee loved captain america so much that he brought him back in the 60s a character who otherwise would have been written out like countless other golden age heroes like that 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 special nature of cap is something i think that most people don't appreciate but in comics history like that's notable that was unprecedented that's a new unique thing and like and in his very first appearance he punches hitler in the face man like <laughs> cap yeah you can't match cap and superman of course there's no superheroes without superman and batman's the coolest so iron man uh, uh i love you tony but I'll, i guess i'll catch you for drinks <laughs> yeah. leave, leave the hero work to the other guys right on okay that's i i thought that's where you were gonna go with that but you know you never yeah. know of course. Well, listen, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, and uh, uh, stay safe. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much. Uh, always glad to talk about this, and I'm always glad to talk to you. So this was a, a real treat. Okay, that was my conversation with my friend Paul. I hope you enjoyed this Corona cast. Go to BrianTalksToHumans.net for more info. Go to UnionCityHeroes.com for more info about Paul's games and the upcoming podcast. And of course, stay safe. Captain America said you gotta be like me or you're gonna wind up dead. That's at the end of your road. Flat road down and tired. You sleepy head, won't you go to bed? Let me run your Like Christmas night